Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome back to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. My name's Jackie Lewis. I'm the clinical nutritionist for BN Multi. And today I have the pleasure of Natalie Roberts' company. Natalie lives on the Sunshine Coast. She's 35 years old. She has two children. She's an accountant by day and an exercise fanatic now by night. And I've got Natalie on the show because I'll be wanting to talk about, you know, the transitions that can be made through the journey of weight loss surgery. Natalie's achieved some amazing results. She had her gastric sleeve in 2019. I'll get her to tell you about her overall wins and losses and her story, but she's really gained my attention in our bariatric group, the BN bariatric group, by showcasing her results as far as her exercise regimes go. And I wanted to get her on just to explore that. And um, I think she's making it look a lot easier than it is. And we're trying to open up that notion as well. So welcome, Natalie. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. It is always a pleasure because I love these stories and everyone's on the same journey, but different, you know, for different reasons and they're looking for different um, results. And they often are surprised by what comes along the way with just, you know, jumping on the weight loss surgery path. Tell me a little bit about how your journey started. I have been overweight my whole life. My heaviest weight was 127 kilos. And so that's when I decided, right, I've got to do something about And looking at my healthy weight range, I basically had to lose between 50 and 70 kilos. And to me, that was just overwhelming. And in my head, I was straight away like, I can't do this on my own. So I pondered the decision of having gastric sleeve for about 12 months. And then I actually have three prolapse discs in the base of my spine. And I lived on heavy medication for around about two years just to cope with day-to-day living um, I was in a lot of pain and I thought I can't do this anymore so I went to my GP and said right I want to get gastric leaving and so she referred me to James Askew here on the Sunshine Coast mm-hmm. and uh, they have an amazing team there and was so welcoming and it felt right and so I yeah, had uh, my sleeping done in Feb 2019 and it's been a roller coaster. It was, I definitely had buyer's remorse probably in the first three months. <laughs> I love that terminology. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I did, and, and I had young kids back then. Um, my kids now are seven and nine. So going through that surgery, you know, a couple of years ago was tough on our whole family. But, you know, it's been the best decision of my mm-hmm. life because I wouldn't be where I am without it. I am so grateful for the tool. It is definitely definitely a tool. It's not, I guess, a fix for everything. And um, we'll go through that afterwards because it's been been a real tough journey for me. And it might look easy on those photos, but, you know, I think everyone's got a lot of demons that they deal with because they use food for their coping mechanism. And that was me. And I'm really lucky. So yes, I've I've lost my 70 kilos. It's um, it's even still to this day, it does. Yeah. It takes my breath away because I'm like, I've done this. Um, I didn't think I could. I had always said I'm going to lose weight and I never achieved. 
achieved, you know, I've been able to do that with with a lot of support. Mm, We talked about support. So I know the team at James Askew's practice are wonderful. And what does that encompass initially as far as different, um, I guess, a holistic approach to looking at where you need to go? Yeah, so um, initially when I met up, they have obviously psychologists there and a nutritionist there. And so I heavily relied on them. I didn't know how to eat right at all. Apparently donuts and McDonald's for breakfast is not good. Um, <laughs> and um, I think more so for me was in the psychologist. So I do, I still see them twice a month to this date. So I really struggle with me um, being this size. I still see a very, very big person in the mirror. I pick at my body all the time. I feel as though I haven't done enough, right. which is really hard for me because I, you know, I work my bum off. I live and breathe health and fitness now every day but having that support there they are just a phone call away and I still see James so I had my follow-up so you you follow up like every couple of months after surgery so I still have my appointment booked for February next year which will be my three-year checkup so that is still a huge part of my journey you know if I have any problems or anything like that I go see them Mm, that's Um, brilliant and I think that's that's what's important is is. around the two to three year mark is when we see people going oh that went really well and then now it's gone really badly and I think that's you know that long-term vision of support Mm -hmm. and also the willingness to be coached is the other thing like you keep showing up we were just saying before like yeah I keep showing up even if I don't want to or I've got you know it's not my thing today or I've got this I'm not feeling it oh I Um, have those days a lot yeah and (laughs) And showing up when you don't want to show up and having someone to be accountable to instead of going I can do this on my own because Mm. in the end if you don't get it right now, I feel as though you can easily slip back into your old ways. And it is so easy. And and don't get me wrong, like I eat really healthy, but I'm telling you now, I still have a donut. I've got to be human as well. However, when I start eating it, those endorphins start going, going, oh, maybe if we just have this, maybe have that. And I do, I stop myself because I'm like, this is what happened last time. And and I'll get into with my food. um, Obviously, it's changed a lot with my goals. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I've had sleeping done, but, you know, I've had to kind of undo a bit of that so I can reach my goals. And and that, I guess, is... What's scary for me is because I can easily go back to how I was because I've had to stretch my sleeve out that bit more because of my goals. Because you need more energy through the day for right. um, exercise yeah. and training to build. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. So I've gone from, you know, post-surgery to eating one teaspoon of yogurt and being told, no, you can only eat, you know, a cup at a meal. Whereas now I'm eating, you know, six or seven meals a day, which nearly a cup and a half, two cups at a time and and mentally getting around that. And that's when having the support, you know, before I even started this, I went back to James and said, right, this is my goal. What are your thoughts? And I think it's then, you know, seeing and making sure it's okay, you know, and, and having that support of everyone knowing what your goal is and sharing that with your support group. And then everyone's 
on the same page. Yeah, you're working towards the same thing. And that's absolutely interesting you say that six or seven meals a day. It's a yeah. lot of planning and organising and that sort of thing. A lot of the time also in my practice, I'm encouraging people to eat more food and they're going, more food? Like that's it is a, an alarm bell where people are really keen to restrict and limit so that they're getting to their goal. And that's very hard to marry up that building with more food and increasing, you know, intakes yeah. when your demands are high. How many yeah. times a week are you going to the gym? I know, you you know, you're doing weights training and yes. um, you have a trainer. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about so that. So I train five days a week. I've given myself Friday and Sunday are my rest days. Friday night I want to spend with my kids. Yeah. And Sunday is family day as well. So every other day. So Mondays I have off. I call it Monday me day. And that there is I train with my trainer. I do all my meal prep and then I also clean the house like every woman does uh, or man. (laughs) And then um, Tuesday nights I train, Wednesday nights I train and Thursday nights. Now when I train, I train at 8 o'clock at night. That's because I want to have my kids' meals ready for them. I still cook them dinner, my hubby dinner, but Mondays I prepare everything for me. Everything is in the freezer. Everything is weighed out. Everything is portion controlled. And and I'm not eating bad food. It is vegetables, protein, and my carbs are sweet potato or rolled oats. So it's a very strict meal. So when I'm saying, you know, I'm eating a lot of food, it's not bad food. It's good, wholesome food. And it is incredible how much food you can eat and if you're eating the right type of food. How did you learn all about this? Like how, what was your process as far as going, yes, I'm on the weight loss surgery journey and I want to lose weight and I'm doing Mm -hmm. that. But then you've kind of got a more, it's almost like an athlete's need. How did you learn about what your needs are and how to meet them yeah so when I first started training I was only eating about 600 calories a day um, which was basically just protein yogurt and and shakes I really struggled at the start it hurt when I ate with my sleep and again I was so fixated on that number on that scale Mm. I would do anything to just see that weight drop and I got to the point where when I did start training so I met up with my trainer in the September so about six seven months after I had my sleep and I trained with him for about three weeks and he said to me Nat I'm going to be super honest I can't train you if you don't eat Mm. because you need you need to make a choice you've either got to start eating a proper diet or we can't train and that was a real big wake-up call so in that time because I was like I'm going to get to 62 that was my goal weight I'm going to get to it I don't care what I have to do and even the nutritionist at James's office was like this is not healthy we need to pick this up straight away and so I think then was my okay I've, I've got to change. And so I actually got my trainer because I was like, right, if you want me to eat and to train me, you tell me what I'm going to eat. I said, make it easy. You tell me what to eat, when to eat and how much to eat. Mm. And so I trusted him and he went away and did a lot of research on, on sleeping. So I was like, yes. I can't eat steak. Like there was a lot of things I couldn't eat because it hurt. 
And so he built me up from 600 calories. He gave me a diet plan of 600 calories. He's like, well, okay, let's start actually introducing solid food to you. And then basically I got up to, and this is going to scare a lot of people, I got up to 3,000 calories a day. That is what I eat on my off season and my building season. And so 3,000 calories is a lot of food. In a small tummy, yes. In a small tummy. And so it took 18 months to build up. To build it up. Um, It did not happen overnight. Um, It was hard. Um, The funny thing was I actually lost more weight the more food I ate and I was absolutely astonished. I lost (laughs) more weight when I ate more. I say all the time. And, you know, I'm 35 and I thought, you know, I've got this totally had it all worked out and I was just blown away and my body started to change and that's where like before because I was starving myself like I had I had lots of that saggy skin yeah um and then putting all these nutrients in my body like my body composition changed and I built muscle like I'm quite muscular and at the moment I am 55 kilos I'm and going quite muscular my, so that's yep. yeah and I'm doing my first bodybuilding competition in four weeks. And well done. So, I know. So, and, you know, I'm still eating a lot of food for yeah. this. Like I'm cutting down. Yeah. Um, so I am still on, I'm on 1,600 calories at the moment, which is still huge yeah. amount of food. And, um, but we're slowly dropping the weight still. So it's it's a definite different lifestyle. But what I've learned is don't be scared of food. Yeah, don't be scared good. of carbs. I used to think don't eat carbs, but carbs give you energy to push yourself. You've got that energy behind you. And yeah, so it's been a huge learning curve. And And not only just the physical eating, but the mindset behind and trusting someone who's saying eat all this food and trusting that they're not going to blow it for you when you've tried so hard. And that's... Um, the yeah, that's thing. A hard one. It is. Is that trust? And you know, at first I was like, "Who is this guy?" You know, mm. my trainer. And um, I, I trust my life with him. He said, "I will never let you down." And you know, we're coming up to two years in September where we've been training together, and not once has mm. he ever let me down. And mm. and I think that's where you need to have that relationship with someone who is invested in you as much as you're invested in yourself and And also don't stop if you don't find that person first go a lot of people go oh I've tried this practitioner no and then they stop but they don't think that's just not the right one of those for me and they need to keep looking so you can that's right in adverted commas shop around and find because there's research on the rapport and the connection in these relationships that even if the advice is good but not amazing if you've got a good connection your yeah. results are going to be a hundred times better that's yeah. an over exaggeration but you'll find that if you have a good relationship with the people who are looking after you and you built 
that rapport, you're intrinsically motivated, you're connected, you're on board and they are, the results are much better. And, and look, my my trainer and I, look, I've, before I had surgery, I had seen a few PTs, you know, I thought, you know, my early 20s pre-children, I yep. thought, yep, I'm going to get myself a PT because I've always been overweight. And it's not until I met God. So he, I guess for me, like I get text messages like at two o'clock in the morning saying that's when you wake up. I need to know how you're feeling today. I do check-ins all the time. And it's, I think that is the difference. Like if you don't have a trainer who is invested, not just in your physical ability, but your emotional state and your mindset, I think that's where it goes wrong because mindset is a hundred percent where it's at. And Mm. if you don't have the mindset um, and we all have bad days, I have bad days. I've cried in front of my trainer. He knows me pretty much like my psychologist knows me. He, I blurt everything out to him. I'm very open of where I'm up to. Obviously as well, I've had a massive shift in my personal being and that's also affected my marriage as well. And so it's not an easy road. And so, you know, here I am trying to deal with my, I guess, how I've changed. Yeah. I'm also emotionally trying to support my husband as well because he's got this new wife with, <laughs> you know, new goals. And I've never had goals before. Yes. And I think that's where it's really hard where there's that shift. And it is frustrating at my end because I'm like, I train a lot and there was a lot of friction to my husband and I because I was training a lot. I still train a lot. But I think now, He's like, okay, this is actually something that she's going to continue with. And that is, I guess, a huge shift for me because I have that support and I watch a lot of motivational stuff. And and a good one is the Will Smith motivation and it says, have a look in your messages. The top five people are the people who are motivating you. And I look at my top five messages. It's my trainer. It's my training partner. So I've met an amazing girl. She's my go-to girl. Oh, that's my. It's my husband. It's my trainer's wife. Yeah. And then we've also got a group at our gym. It's called the Muscle Hut Gym Motivation. And if we're having a bad day, that's my go-to. And they're my top five. And so it's looking at, okay, who's my top five people that are fueling me to keep going. And yeah. I think it's so important having a support network. Yep. And yeah, you can't just rely on that one person to be uh, those people for you. Um, you can't. As well because they're going through their own stuff dealing with your yep. growth too. So when you yes. talk about your husband, for an example, yeah. he's probably looking at it going, oh, here's another bandwagon training thing. <laughs> She's done. It'll take up all of our time and then it'll just be dropped away. So his yeah. expectations and trust in your processes are yeah. through his old eyes for you. Yes. And it takes a while to prove that something different is going on here. So for yeah. you, like, no, no, I'm not doing that anymore. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So it is, you That's can right. see how people do get dragged down by the people yeah. who are closest to them because yeah. you've set the expectation up in the past of I'm doing this now and now I'm trying this to lose weight and this yo-yo yeah. diet and oh, I'm not going to do any yeah. more of the shakes. I'm going to try this now and now I'm keto. So yes. people around you are going, oh, God, yeah. what is the next thing? thing. 
and they're waiting for the wheels to fall off, which yeah. people go, oh, you're just seeing me through negative eyes. But it's it's easy to set that up for yourself. Absolutely. And, and I've done everything. That. Yeah. And, and this is the thing. And I think it's not until now, like I'm two years in training and my husband, like I've set myself some really high goals and mm. I'm a very goal orientated person now. And yeah. I never was because mm. I never valued myself. I never thought I could do something. And now I'm just like, actually, there is nothing holding me back. The only thing that's holding me back is myself. And yeah. and I don't want that for myself anymore. Like I want to, like I can enjoy my kids now. Like I took them on a seven kilometre walk yesterday and normally I would be the one whinging and it was my kids. And I'm like, come on, we've got this. And yeah. I think it. Imagine adds, the motivation you're instilling in them just to see yeah. what's possible. Yeah. How did, all, how did that come about? Was it, mm-hmm. a, you know, this realm of people you have or was it just, is there one moment you can kind of define where you went, no, I can, I'm really, changing things here and I've you know was there a moment where you felt the penny drop or yep. was it a whole yeah. lot of different things no I looked there well it was it was April um last year and um just before just before COVID really took a hold my trainer said to me he's like Nats would you consider competing um and doing a transformation contest and I was just like no I don't think so <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm, no. Anyway, he's like, I want you to seriously consider it. He's like, you've got a really good foundation. I'm short. So short people build muscle really quick compared to tall people. So yeah. I'm really short. I'm 160 centimetres. So um, so you can imagine how big I was. So 120 kilos. Yeah, at 160. At 60, yeah, I was, yeah, I was short and big. Uh, he likes to say cuddly, but I was like, mm. and in April I was just like, okay, and I went away for about a week and I was just like, okay, what is actually holding me back? What What is it? And that's when I was just like, I don't have a goal. And I really started self-reflecting. I don't have a goal. Why am I doing this? Like, why, why exactly am I training? And I think that's when I went to myself, I was like, right, actually work out what's your goal and, and what's my why? And and it came down to like, I really want to achieve something to show my kids, you know, hard work pays off. And I know that's real cliche, um, but I've been overweight their whole childhood. Um, I couldn't do anything with them. Um, I remember going to SeaWorld and Wet and Wild. And I was actually told I couldn't go on one of the rides with my kids because I was too big. Oh and, and that's devastating. And so I was like, my why is my kids, but it's yeah. also me because I'm a very independent person. And and it was, it was April last year where I was like, you know what? No, I am going to do this. And that's when I started really buckling down with my training. So I now train with my trainer four times a week. And that's because I want to reach my goal. And, you know, I've, I've said, I'm going to compete for the next 10 to 15 years. By my 50th birthday, I want to have my pro card in bodybuilding in a worldwide setting. And yeah. so that is a massive goal like that's a lot of work and so I did my transformation competition last September and I won it and um and I was like right and I think because I've got that taste I'm a very competitive person now um I'm competitive with myself it's not actually about anyone else I don't care what anyone else is because everyone and what I've learned everyone is at a different place in their journey and I need to focus on me and it feels selfish at the start and that's where 
you know, with my psychologist, I see every fortnight, this is what I talk about. I feel like I'm selfish. I feel like, you know, I'm letting people around me down and I'm scared to let people down. I'm a very much a people pleaser. And so it's working around that going, you know what, it's not selfish because if I don't do this, I'm letting myself down and that's not okay. It's not yeah. okay. I didn't, I didn't come all this way to then give it up. And so my we kids now come self. training. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, there you yeah. go. So it's now anxious. my kids come training with me and they've yeah. got their own trainer, uh, yeah. uh, you know, because I'm like, you can't have my trainer. He's yeah. no, it's, it's very <laughs> much separate. And so it's now, um, feel as I'm really instilling something amazing in my kids. Yeah. Um, but also they're, you know, they see I enjoy it and and that's all I want is yeah. them. For them to be it happy. just becomes a part of what they do as yeah. well. Just get yeah. up and exercise and then go to work. I noticed that yeah. in our family, we all exercise and we always yeah. have. And yeah. my son now is 17 and he just gets up. He's like, I'm going for a ride. And he'll go for, yeah. he's like, I'll do 100K today. Yeah. So he'll do it in three different lots. But we don't have to say, come on, you know, you've got to go and do this and you've got to do that. And I think yeah. you really underestimate. Or oh, For me, that was an important part of given what I do, of, <laughs> of my family, you know, having these automated good choice you know yep. exercise good food that sort of stuff and um yeah it is it's great when you see them just kind of taking it on as it's not something they have to think about like we did it's an automated this is what you do in life and it's like yep. he came to me and he goes oh what do I need to take I feel like I'm coming down with something and I'm like oh yes I've done that and what can I eat I feel like yeah. I'm coming down with something and I'm like job done I can take my hands that, off isn't now. that amazing oh, yeah. though when you eat healthy I have not touched wood I have not been no, sick for no. nearly three years and um I'm just absolutely amazed at that and it's good I've got my husband you know he's on the whole meal prep thing so I meal prep for him now not as much as me um I actually eat more than my husband Um, (laughs) but like I think it's and you feel more organized because there's no excuses now of reaching for something bad because you're meal prepped and and this is the thing I've taken my mind obviously to the next level I weigh everything my trainer gives me an updated food so if I feel like I'm not feeling the greatest, he will then change my food around. So it's not, I guess, it's strict. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's really strict. But if I'm having a bad day, he's like, oh, what? Just eat the goddamn muffin. So yeah. Yeah. it is, it's going, okay, I can make it work. But it is, it's um, food can't be used as, I guess, a weapon against yourself. And I've learned that so much because I used to be so hard on myself when I had the sleeve done up. I was like, do not put anything bad in your mouth. You've got this done and you don't want to feel as though you're a prisoner in your own body. That's a really good way of putting it. And there's a lot of the, the self-talk of I don't want this to fail, I don't want to gain weight again, don't do that, don't eat that, don't, you know, and so many don'ts and so many shouldn'ts and and this restriction and the dieting mentality that we're actually really trying to get past and looking yeah. at, you know, what can you do and what is a positive way of looking at food. It's certainly a, it, and this is why we say don't do it on your own because who can come up with that? When you've got, when you've got all those learned behaviours, you've got your environment that you grew up with you've got all your beliefs you've got everything you know just stacked up into pushing you down that path in the first place I really don't know how we think 
oh, I've got this and I can, you know, turn my life completely upside down on my own. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So tell us now about your relationship with food and your relationship with your body. All right. So food. Yes. So I um, have learned. Yeah. So food at the, at the beginning, obviously for me, like for family, we used to eat to celebrate absolutely everything. When we're sad, we used to eat. When we're happy, we used to eat. Everything was involved around food. Yeah. Um, basically, if we're going to catch up, what dish are you going to bring? And so now my relationship with food has definitely shifted. It used to be I used to eat when I was bored and now I only eat to fuel my body. So yeah. my mentality now is, okay, what's this going to do to me? And going, all right, yes, we can have a treat, but getting straight back on to eating healthy. Um, my body deserves to eat healthy food mm. and that relationship shifted, you know, around April last year because I wanted to give myself the best chance I could at getting my goals. And I think goals is, is such an amazing little tool to have. They don't have to be huge goals like mine. It's little goals where it might be, okay, for the next week, I'm not going to have anything naughty in my diet. I'm just going to eat clean. And it's setting little things that, you know, you go, food's not the enemy, but I need to take a step back and really think what I'm eating because it's so easy, you know, just to have, you know, a couple of biscuits to fill your tummy up, but that's not going to give you the fuel you're going to need. And so I think the food for me was the hardest. It was daunting. I didn't know how to eat right. And that's when being told and, and getting that advice from someone, you know, the nutritionist or a trainer, whoever you pick, make sure they know what they're doing. But also, you know, it's not normal having half your stomach cut out as well. So you need to have someone who will take the time to invest and, you know, listen to what you can and can't eat. So there's a lot of things I can't still eat. Um, yeah. So steak is one of them. So I normally just eat mints and um, white meats. So along with that, obviously, comes other complications. So I live off my iron tablet. I have B12 shots, my multivitamins. I cannot stress enough. I stopped my multivitamins. How'd that work out? It did not work out well. <laughs> I ended up having to have an iron infusion and a B12 shots for, it was three months. Mm. Every month I had to have one to build it back up. So I cannot stress enough. God, stay on your multivitamins. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to say it. No. That's also when we get the call yeah. is two two years down the track when yeah. things haven't been complied to. Yeah. And we get, oh, yeah, now I've got, you know, my hair's falling out. Now I've got the hair. That was my biggest got... one. I was just like, what is wrong with my hair? My yeah. head is just like, go get your bloods done. And so I... It is my first thing in the morning I take is my multivitamins. I take my iron at night. Yeah. Um, so it is, I cannot stress that enough. So, yes, your diet, but stay on those yeah. multivitamins. If you think, I've got this, I feel amazing, you don't after a couple of months of stopping your multivitamins. It's and a it slow meal. down the track mm. when the stores, because B12 and iron have a storage in the body, yes. that's when they're depleted. So yep. that's where why people go, oh, my God, I'm really falling 
falling apart now, and but they've been falling tired. apart for a long time before that, before it really shows up. So yeah. it's like those end stage hair loss, fingernails, that's a sign that things have been wrong for quite a long time, time. Yeah, um, before right. it's actually showing up. But yeah, to, to ask that much of your body as you are and to not yeah. be supplementing and, and even taking over and above what the general recommendation I is. I am. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing, and that's where it all comes down to that advice from other people. I do not really make my own nutrition choices anymore. I'm not qualified to do that. Clearly, you know, my historical, (laughs) you know, view on food, I know where I need help and food is one of them. And then the next one is my body relationship. Oh, goodness. So I do. I still see myself as 120 kilos when I look in the mirror. And and it, it, it's still a struggle and I still get emotional about it because I'm like, how can you still see yourself as this? Like I look at my clothes when I hold them up and I'm like, oh, they're tiny. Like, And I'm like, I actually fit into them. But in my mind, it's, um, it's a daily struggle. I see my psychologist twice a week and it's the same psychologist I saw just before I had my surgery in my in my bariatric team we've got a really good relationship I don't know how she feels about me the poor thing <laughs> because we're stuck on this one issue and and I guess I want to reiterate to people you know it's all right to feel like this work on it because mm. it is it's um it's really challenging so for me everyone Everyone's like, oh, you're so small, you know, look at your muscles, you know, you must be so happy. And then I'm kind of like, yeah, actually, no, I'm not. It's yeah. um, it's really hard for me to think, you know, I'm this small. And I hear that so, a lot. It's like yeah, it takes the yeah. time for the brain to catch up. But it's also yeah. all those beliefs that are set up and that understanding of yourself. Yeah. And, and the world shows you that when you're overweight too. Yeah. Not only do you feel bad about it, but everywhere you go, there's something in the environment that reaffirms that this isn't right and you're overweight. And so, you know, it's like there's yeah. a, the stigma is always there. Yeah, so to come out of that mm. and to work out which purpose it was serving, we talk about that in psychology. It's like this would not exist if it didn't have its own purpose that it's serving you. So it's a protective mechanism or is it, you know, is it a safety issue where we cover ourselves so we feel safe is it there's a range of different reasons but yeah. looking at cracking that code and that's deep like that's it is not, that's it's not really hard lessons you're having there no and that's right and and I guess like as a daily reminder and we spoke about it before like I have excess skin so in those photos and, and I'm more than happy to post up close-up ones because it is I have excess skin on my stomach and on my thighs. Mm -hmm. And I guess for me, it's that daily reminder of what I did to my body. Um, And I think that's the hardest thing is I did this to myself. Right. And um, and I guess it's hindsight's a beautiful thing. I'm always like, oh, imagine if I didn't do that and then I found fitness before, you know, I was overweight, you know, we wouldn't be having these problems. And I guess it's it's a continual self-sabotage of this is what you've done to yourself. And it's um, it's really confronting because you don't have anyone else to blame but yourself. And it's trying to, I guess, come to terms with that. And 
So it is a daily struggle for me. I stand in the mirror every day and pull up that skin and go, this is what it could have looked like. Mm. And it's that real part. I take a hard line on myself. And, you know, it's only the other week my coach said at night, you know, I'm in my Barkley bikini going, God, I have to get up in front of people in <laughs> basically nothing. And, and that's, con- you know, that's a huge you know, confrontation there. And and I remember, and these words have stuck with me for the last couple of weeks, it's you need to give yourself more credit. Yes. And so I'm like, oh, God, he's so right. Like I do need to give myself more credit. We've worked hard, you yeah. know. It's it's not easy. Um, by no means, you know, I, I get a few comments. And, and funny enough, it was actually from my husband at the beginning when I had sleep and he's like, oh, you've taken the easy way out. And um, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, have, I mean, I can't eat when we go to places. I can't drink water. I can't, you know, there's all these rules, you know. You, yes. You have so many rules. And so, and I still stick to those rules. I don't drink 30 minutes before I eat or 30 minutes after I eat. And, and again, this is a discussion I've had to have with my trainer. I'm like, you want me to eat this food, that's fine. And you want me to get to four litres of water a day. How many litres of a day are there, mate? That's right. Right. And that, and this is where it is key to having a really supportive team of going, right, this is how we're going to do it. You're tackling yeah. the problem together because I couldn't do that on my own. And yeah. um, and I guess it's, you know, I, I've learned a lot about myself and I'm much stronger than mm-hmm. I was, you know, mentally I'm like, I can do this. And that's the, the mental shift. And, and I hope that, you know, other people, when when they go through their surgery, it's, you know, the first six months are hard. Um, but then afterwards, it's going, okay, I've done that. That's a hard yards. Now, yeah. I'm setting that goal going, right, for the next six months, this is what I'm going to do. And, and getting to that goal, yes, I, I have to admit. It's really part of that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, it's kind of a relief. When you get to that goal, you're like, oh, my God, I, I did it again. I hit another goal. And and they don't have to be big goals. It, honestly, it doesn't. Like at the moment, my trainer's got me doing 12,000 steps a day. Now I'm an accountant. I sit on my bum all day. And so <laughs> just to me, then. it's a lot of steps for me. But when I get to that 12,000 on my watch, I'm like, that's my daily goal. Yeah. Done. And that and, and in itself is like you then need to build that in. And that's what I talk a lot is, is, yes, things have changed yes we're all busy yes there's a hundred different excuses but you build it in to how do you fit twelve thousand steps in with two kids to get ready for school and yourself and your work that's Um, right what's the trick the trick is time management oh my goodness so Mm. this is why meal prep everything so i'm up and so i'm meant to get eight hours sleep a night and so i go to bed about eight o'clock at night yeah i am up around 5 30 i do 40 minutes on my treadmill um at home I just got a cheap $200 treadmill offline um, and then I just do that. I listen to motivation. I used to listen to music, hmm. but now I have to listen to motivational stuff because I need something to get me through my day. And then I know when I'm going to eat and what I'm going to eat because I've been told this You've is what it. I've got to do and it's measured out. I literally just have to make it. And so then during the day, I probably only do about 3,000 steps. So I average about 1,300 steps every 10 minutes. Yeah. So I know then at the end of the night, I have roughly about 50 minutes on the yeah. treadmill. And so it's going, okay, I'll get home. I make dinner. We sit down and eat dinner together. 
then the kids are all ready for bed. I then hop on and do 50 minutes. Yeah. And they know, like, but they come and talk to me. They'll come and stand on the side. They know that it's not negotiable, though. That's right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That is my time of going, right, I have to get this in. Yeah. But time management. Boundaries. I, but that comes from boundaries. It's not it only just time. It comes yeah. from I'm doing this for me because then I can be there for you. Yeah. And this is where a lot of people come from is we're pleasers in a previous life. We're doing everything. We're carers. We're caretaking. We're doing everything yeah. for everyone else. And then we turn up we go, oh, look, what happened to my weight? And for the mm-hmm. first time they're stepping into surgery and then they've got to make it all about them for the first yeah. time. Yeah. I don't think we can do that on our own to change that thinking no. around putting everything first. I got too busy to eat. I hear it all the time that the, yeah. I'm too busy, I forgot I was doing something else. It's like, no, like, and then I fainted. This is what I get is this happened and that happened. And then I don't know what happened. And then I'm fainting. It's like, well, you're not looking after you. And if you put you first, then what else are you able to do for other people? So I'm sure your kids are experiencing you in a whole different way because you're energetic, vibrant and happy. And they know where to find you. You'll be on the treadmill. They, They know where they find me all the time. (laughs) they um yeah look I've got my trophy from my from when I won last time my transformation contest and then they're like mommy you're going to get another one and I was like well if I work hard enough yes I want to get another one and so they they came and watched me do my show and um you know I pulled out my bikini that I got yesterday one made and um they're like is that what you're wearing on stage Uh, and they're excited and and to me that's just like that's enough for me because I'm like oh my goodness they're excited for me and to have that support and and even my husband to have that support I go this is worth it because you know even I even if I don't win I'm already a winner because my family can see that this motivates me it makes me happy and I just that's that's all I want for them as well is you know but also at the mold you're breaking all of those all of that yeah. that you were bringing in now has all yeah. been changed in a totally different way for your for the next generation and then for their yeah. next generation and it is generational and some yeah. of this is genetics we've proven yeah. that um, a lot of it is environment, it's, you know, habits, it's beliefs, it's a whole lot of things. But yeah. even if the genetics are there, you've got this framework around it. And they're now doing yeah. in our realm in nutrition, we do nutrigenomics, which is yeah. looking at your genome and what made wow. you so different illnesses that are in the family, how, you yeah. know, you say, oh, my mother had cardiovascular disease, so there I go. So, yes, to a certain extent, the genetics will be there, but environment is the trigger. They say your genes are the loaded gun, but the environment is the trigger. So if you've got these genes for obesity, yes, well and good, but if you don't have the environmental trigger, that might not go off. So you've just changed that whole trajectory of the next person's life. It's pretty pretty um it's pretty special and and considering it's your kids as well I mean I know best for them so and I'm I'm so happy that you know I've learned how to eat properly how to keep my mind I guess you know positive and and I'm a very positive person yes I have those inner demons everyone does but 
in the end, I am such a happy, you know, positive person and I love lifting people up because I think it's so important. You know, I see new people come into the gym who are overweight and it's at the Gary and I go up to them straight away and I'm like, got this. And, you know, it's checking in on other people. Like I'm so fortunate now where I can text someone and say, hey, I've been where you've been. I am here to support you 100%. If you're having a bad day, reach out. And, yeah. um, you know, I never thought I would have that opportunity, but I'm so fortunate that, mm. you know, I have been at that morbidly obese end and the new people I meet don't believe me. And then I show them my before photo <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God. And That's I'm incredible. like hard work and yeah. I guess surrounding yourself with the right people puts you on the path to success and that's you know uh, if, if that's anything anyone can take away today that's a good one surround yourself with people who are there to pick you up and push you to your end goal and I think setting a why so when I'm having a bad day I go back to my why why am I doing this and I'm like why because I deserve to be happy I deserve to achieve a goal for myself, Um, you know, and, yes, I want to be strong and and lift heavy things, but they're just trivial things. In the end, you know, when it's my last breath, I want to say, you know what, I achieved something for me because, you know, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, oh, I could give yes. a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it is, is you've picked up what to do. You, you surround yeah. yourself with not wasting time on Facebook. You now put your headphones on and listen to something that's motivational. So it's yeah. there's so much available now that's free. There there's is. so much if you're looking for it. And yep. a lot of people are like, oh, I don't even know where to find that. It's like, well, I just Google. Put it into I, Google. If you, honestly, Google, and, and it only goes for 10 minutes, it's Google. It's Will Smith, the motivation. That's where I started. And he speaks about self-discipline. And and that's what it is. It's disciplining yourself so you reach your goal. So, and that's what I think of. Like when I, at nighttime, at nine o'clock, if I'm still awake, I'm like, oh gosh, I could really go for a block of chocolate. And it's just going, no, I'm not going to put that in my body because that's not going to get me to my goal. That's just going to put me back. You know, it might only be a week, two weeks of putting me back, but Mm. I don't want to have to wait those extra days just because I wanted the satisfaction of a block of chocolate. And so tell me outside side of all of these other things is there one whole nutshell of the things that keep you motivated on a day-to-day basis yeah my motivation you know I um I motivate myself now I really want to hit my goals and so I have you know my vision board um I've never believed in them before I was like what a crock of poo um but I have I made myself a vision board of you know what I want to achieve and and on that vision board is the team of people I need behind me and every day and I have bad days I'm like good train I just I'm sore I'm tired I'm irritable but then I'm like no show up do this um and I never put pressure on myself um if I'm having a bad day I will tell my trainer I'm having a bad day and we just take it easy but I still show up and that's my motivation because afterwards I'm like we yeah showed up I showed up, I yeah. I did it even though I didn't want to and then I go to bed going, right, you just got to get up, 
and do it again. Yeah. And I think I think you can't rely on other people for motivation. Yes, you know, it's great to, you know, if you're having a bad day, reach out. Absolutely. But you have to motivate yourself. Otherwise, you become tired and then you just think, oh, I'm not going to do it. And in the end, the only person you're letting down is yourself. And yeah. and I think that's the worst person to let down. You know, I used to, I, I, I'm a people pleaser. I want to make sure everyone, you know, enjoys always um you know what I do and provide for them but in the end I want to motivate myself because I deserve to be motivated and and that's hard. coming from is yeah. I deserve this and I think sometimes yeah. that's underpinning a lot of our understandings when we're yeah. obese is you know what do I deserve so yeah pulling yourself out yep. of there. Thank you so much for your time Thank you. and sharing your story. It's taken us a long time to get here, so I'm so excited I know. about it. <laughs> I know, me too. I was just like, oh, we've got to do this because yep. I just want to, you know, and I'm an open book so anyone can, you know, have a chat to me if they have yep. any questions or anything like that or if you if you get followed up questions please ask me because I'm more than happy to answer anyone I am I'm an open book I'm an oversharer we like that we'll all your details in the show notes of just um Perfect. before and afters and also you know yes. where to find you and of course Beautiful. in the bariatric group you're a bit of a feature there regularly so that's great yeah thank you so much Natalie thank Roberts. you Beautiful. wonderful thank you Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.